It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Playoffs, 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 playoffs. We're talking there. about the playoffs. I was like, catch me outside. Catch me catch outside. Me outside. <laughs> All right, let's see if I still got this. <laughs> new year, new you. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are locked on Rams. Your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Rams Nation, welcome back. This is your host, Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. This is the Wednesday edition of Locked On Rams. Happy New Year. We are back. This is playoff edition. Playoffs? We're talking playoffs? You better believe it. The Rams are in the playoffs. They are hosting the Atlanta Falcons this Saturday, primetime, 5.30 p.m. local time. I hope you guys are excited as I am. In fact, I'm so excited, I brought on my main man, the man, the myth, the legend, James Kroger from Rams Podcast. James, welcome to the show. How you doing, bud? Tell me how you feel. Are you as jacked as I am right now? Bear, I'm so jacked. Thank you. I was sitting there with so much energy waiting for you to intro me to the show. I was like, I hope he doesn't keep going and forgets about me. I'm so (laughs) incredibly jacked. Welcome to the new year. Welcome to the playoffs. Welcome to an amazing team. I am so pumped to talk about this with you, big guy. It's been a while. Yeah, dude, I couldn't have pictured it any better. You talked about this off air. Imagine this a year ago, year and a half ago, when we started this thing with Rams Podcast, and we took on a four-win team, and now here we are a year later. It is the Atlanta Falcons coming for Jared Goff's first playoff game. And if you think back to the last meeting with the Falcons, it was week 14, I believe, of last year. Rams mm-hmm. came out big losers of a 42 to 14 game we came into that game seven of eight losses mike thomas on the opening kickoff fumbled it on our own (laughs) four yard line uh jared goff had two turnovers in that game we had five total as a team it was ugly overall fair the next day jeff fisher was fired and here we are a year later in the playoffs against those same atlanta falcons it's going to be fun to watch i'm excited to kind of break this down over the week um, I do want to get into a couple other things. First, you guys, you can feel free to reach out to me at LockedOnRams on Twitter and at LA underscore Rambling Bear. You can also find James at jkroger3 as well as Rams Podcast, probably our most active account. You can also find us on Instagram. Guys, also, remember, if you don't have Twitter or Instagram, hit me up on Gmail. It is LockedOnRams at gmail.com. And really quick, I want to give a shout-out because I missed this message. I think it had gone into my junk box right before uh, Christmas, but I got a message from Eric Gomez. So what's up, my man? Uh, This was back right before the Tennessee game. He said he was turning 25 on the day of the game, so happy belated birthday to you, Eric. Uh, And all he wanted was to see for his birthday and for Christmas was to see his Rams win on his birthday the last time. The Los Angeles Rams played on his birthday was back in 1994. He was two, and they lost. So uh, he was hoping for a big W. Well, you got it, my man. We clinched the NFC West on your birthday. He comes from a family of Raiders fans. So um, as he said in the email, it was going to be nice to rub that one in. So thanks for reaching out to us. I'm glad you're a fan of the show. Uh, Continue to reach out. I will read your messages on the podcast, give you guys a shout-out. So, Eric, happy belated birthday. We're in the playoffs, my man. Hope you guys are enjoying it wherever you're at. James, with that said, playoffs! 
We're talking playoffs, playoffs big guy. So, yeah, you mentioned the last time we faced Atlanta, it was a tearful game, and we turned those tears into cheers because we are now, uh, oh. you know, facing them in the playoffs in a night game. We're going to will be the only game on TV. Jared Goff, who you mentioned, uh, heading to the playoffs, he is actually the first quarterback in franchise history with 25 touchdowns and fewer than 10 interceptions. So, you know, we talk about the inexperience of in the playoffs. Well, we're looking pretty strong there. Um, Alden Gonzalez actually asked Dan Quinn, uh, Atlanta's coach, about facing this team, facing a team that he blew out that you just mentioned last uh, December, and he said, and I quote, anybody who is a fan of ball can recognize the terrific job starting from Les and Sean all the way through and, identi- and the identity of the team, the ability to feature guys in a terrific way. I've been most impressed by Todd Gurley this year, not just in the run game, but in, in his ability to catch and convert that way. Then on the defensive side, one thing for sure that has caught our attention is the ability for the team to create turnover. So you know that he's got his eyes on Todd Gurley, and he's got his eyes on boys like Aaron Donald who are going to potentially create create a lot of these turnovers uh, going into this game. So you know who they're looking at right now. Yeah, and it's funny. You, you talk about how he mentioned last year versus this year and the great job that uh, you know McVay and Les Need have done to put a great roster on. Watching that film from last year as I was doing you know over this holiday, kind of getting ready, getting excited for this Atlanta game, is I don't know how many times in the film they said, Kyle Shanahan with just great scheme and great play call. Well, <laughs> you don't have Kyle Shanahan anymore. So it's a totally different Atlanta Falcon team that's coming in. You've seen it with Matt Ryan and his struggles this year. Uh, A change at at offense coordinator has definitely uh, been a struggle for him. Their defense has gotten better this past year. They've had a bunch of different playmakers that kind of step up. They also have True Font that's back healthy that um, wasn't in the Super Bowl last year for them and and late in the playoffs. So they have gotten stronger on the defense side, but a little bit more inconsistent on the offense. Um, they still have multiple talents. They've got a dual running back system that can be, you know, something that we're going to have to watch out for. Freeman last week had, I think, nine or ten catches on ten or eleven targets. So uh, we do have to watch out. Running backs coming out of the backfield as well as shut down the run. And then there's the beast of Julio Jones. We're always going to have to look out for him. He can go off at any moment. We haven't seen him do so much of that this year. I mean, you got a lot of fantasy owners nodding their head right now, saying, you know, he's been trash. He had one really big game where he think he dropped 40 fantasy points and had a bunch, I think, over 200 yards. Other than that, he's been a little hit or miss and mostly to the miss side. So it's there's a lot of matchups. We'll break them down over the week, look into this. But, man, I just keep looping back to how, how happy I am for this team and uh, for this organization to turn around so quick with McVay. Yeah, so Bear, on that point of matchups, I want to maybe talk about who we're going to see on the Rams side of the ball. There's a few injuries going on, and especially on the defensive side, uh, we may not know who we'll see out there. But wanted to update everybody on Locked On and let them know that I did listen to the presser today, and I have some news. Uh, Troy Bill. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to me. Talk to me, (laughs) Quarterback Troy Hill. Not Troy Bill. Uh, would probably be covering uh, Sanu. I don't know if you mentioned him and, and who we're going to have to look out for, but he does not actually have a concussion. I don't know if you guys maybe saw that news already, but wanted to clarify that he will be playing. He's not going under concussion protocol. Uh, Mark Barron, who's dealing with the Achilles issue, uh, obviously didn't tear it, but it's been sore. He's been dealing with it for a while. It looks like he will play. He did actually sit out uh, today. 
where he was limited. He didn't sit out, but he is on track to play. So we will see our boy, Mark Barron. He's been one of our favorites uh, this year watching. So I can't wait to have him out there. And then just to wrap up the injury update, Farrell Cooper did not practice with a shoulder injury. He's been uh, milking there. And then Mike Thomas did not practice with an ankle injury. Uh, besides that, uh, Sean McVay did mention that people are ready to step up and fill the voids there. Uh, there's been nothing but depth on this team, and we're prepared and, and ready. But I'm, I'm super excited that, that Barron's going to be back uh, and, and, and it's looking like he's on track to play there. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry, you can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. So on top of that injury report, Bear, I do want to point out that the Falcons actually put their left guard on an injury reserve right now, and their center, Alex Mack, is dealing with a calf injury. So think about somebody like Aaron Donald going through that line. I bet the Falcons are freaking out about that. On top of that... Uh, Matt Ryan, the Falcons quarterback, has been the best quarterback in the NFL versus the Blitz for two seasons now. We know what happened to them last year. And Wade Phillips, we all know, loves to send extra folks uh, on the Blitz. The Rams have the sixth highest Blitz grade this year. So with those two guys from the Falcons line on injury and looking at our team, you know, how do you think, you know, as the Falcons, how do you think the Falcons would potentially try to address that situation? Wow, James, that's actually, that's a great question, my man. Um, you know, as our defense, we've seen all year putting pressure on the quarterback has been key for us in each one of our games. Uh, you mentioned there that our Rams team ranks near the top of the league as far as blitz percentages. Uh, and if you don't have your couple guys, your, your main guys on the front line protecting Matt Ryan, yeah, he's been great against the blitz all year long, but, um, you know, he's had those main guys up front. We'll have to see how it comes closer to game day. Uh, this is the playoffs, remember, so a lot of times these reports early in the week tend to be a little shaky, a little questionable themselves. Uh, we'll see if these guys actually do play. Obviously, I think you mentioned their guard there that was put on IR. We won't expect to see him, but 
Um, that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Uh, if, if you're great against the blitz, we blitz a lot. We expect and need turnovers from our defense. We've seen it, I think, eight times on the opening drive this season uh, for the Rams on defense. Would love to see one open up the playoffs here at the Coliseum in this new era with a, with a turnover. Uh, but definitely something to keep a watch. I mentioned earlier in the show, we gave up five turnovers last time we played this Falcons team here in the Coliseum. We've got to win the turnover battle. We know it as being Rams fans here. If we win the turnover battle, we're pretty much undefeated this season. So obviously it would be a key stat for us to, to keep an eye out and make sure that we win. Yeah, you're right. And uh, I want to be able to contain Matt Ryan. We have to sack him early on top of potentially getting turnovers because if we sack him and shut him down early, he's just not going to know what to do with himself at uh, the Coliseum against this loud uh, L.A. Rams fan base. But, you know, you saw how we approached it against Russell Wilson. We knew going into that game that Russell Wilson can scramble so much, but he does have a pretty crappy line. But we were all over him. We didn't allow him to get anything. So if we can do that against Russell Wilson, if we can bust through this left side, injured side of the Atlanta Falcons line and get to Matt Ryan fast, I think we'll we'll be able to shut him down early. Or, I don't know, maybe we should give them a huge giant lead and then come back in the third quarter like the Patriots did to them in the Super Bowl last year and just really make it a huge embarrassment out of them. But I'd feel a little bit more comfortable. No, 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 no. Let's not do that. I'm not trying to have heart attack. I want this game to look like the Seahawks game. Like, we're at nothing in the first quarter and and we're all blinking our eyes with our mouths open going, "Is is is this real life? Are we doing this right now? And then just put them away early. I mean, I mean, if you look at it, the last playoff game in L.A. for the Rams at the Coliseum was in 1979. Mm. Our head coach wasn't even born yet. Hello. Well, uh, I- the last playoff game in general in L.A. was in '86, more in Anaheim actually. Both were against the Cowboys. But um, I'd love to see this one over early. I said this when we play the Seahawks. I want scoring early and often. We need to go to Todd Gurley, let him do his thing. He's probably one of the hottest players in the NFL as we speak. Give him the ball on the ground, through the air. It's going to open up things for the likes of Woods and Cooper Cup, who, by the way, Cooper Cup led the team in targets this year with 95 total targets. Hmm. And also, our friends over at Pro Football Focus put something else out this week that he ranked number three on all wide receivers, yes, I said all wide receivers in the NFL, with 13 forced missed tackles. Nice. Third on the list. Only two people ahead of him. It was pretty awesome. As a rookie, he's up there making moves. So um, love to see these guys run around. It really helps when we've got that play action working. Goff, I think, has a, a passer rating of like 110, 115 off of play action. So we got to get that going early. Um, I'm excited for this game. I wish it was tomorrow. Uh, but a lot of good things to look forward to. Right. You mentioned the last time that we even hosted a playoff game in Los Angeles, 1986. It was 20 days before Sean McVay was born. The only players on our team that were alive at that time were John Sullivan and Andrew Whitworth. I think everybody uh, can do that math real fast. But, you know, Sean McVay being not even born the last time the Rams hosted a playoff game has been asked so much in the press conferences about his age. He is the youngest coach to see the playoffs in history, uh, by the way. And so a lot of the talk in the press is about him and our team being so young, getting into the playoffs, not having too much playoff experience. Todd Gurley specifically said he's excited to to get there, and you know everybody's super uh, anxious about it. But nobody really has a ton of experience. Andrew Whitworth has a lot of playoff experience, but hasn't won a game in the playoffs. And everybody's kind of asking us, um, you know, how we're going to handle this. Sean McVay had a, a pretty lengthy response yesterday. 
you guys can check it out on ESPN.com and a response on on approaching the playoffs with a team that doesn't have much experience there. And it's essentially like, you know, listen, we're a different team. Uh, we're, we're a young, driven team. We've come back in a great way from all of our losses. We adjust. And this team is something special. And, you know, I'm kind of getting – sick of these questions about them not being in the playoffs before and, and having any playoff experience because if anybody's prepared for this game, it's going to be Sean McVay and these guys. So, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, I, just listening to a little bit of the press conference today as people were asking Sean, we kind of talked off air as we were getting going about, you know, I really wish we were allowed to get in there in the press conference and ask some real questions because <laughs> a lot of these questions were so – cliche like sean it's your first year as a playoff coach are you nervous like he's gonna sit up there and go yeah i can't believe i'm really nervous yeah like i mean if you know sean mcveigh get creative with your your question asking you know um and another thing you know oh you're facing your hometown team and he kind of gave him a look like like yeah i went to high school there but you know my grandpa was big with the niners and you know i have no problem the guy even tried to bait him into basically saying did you root for the Atlanta Falcons? And he was like, nah, not really. I was more of a Niners fan. Like, yeah. just wouldn't give it to him <clears throat> um, to have have that for him. Which, by the way, I want to do a little fun fact Sean McVay style. I told you I had a little little gem up my sleeve. Um, as, I, as I was listening to that interview, I went over to kind of uh, learn a little bit more about McVay. Um, I did remember hearing he was back in Atlanta during his high school days. He was actually Georgia's 4A Offensive Player of the Year back in 2004. Oh my gosh, we graduated two years before that. Uh, He threw 2,500 yards in his career, 18 touchdowns. His senior year, he led him to a 14-1 record with a state title to boot. So uh, I'm excited about what he's got going. He's going to come here and win a title for the Rams, but... Um, that was his kind of his um, go-to stat back in the day when he was high school in Atlanta. So he had his team, but that was his uh, high school team that he cared about. Now we're in the NFL, completely different. I don't expect any different from preseason to regular season to postseason with the preparation that Sean mm-hmm. McVay does. His, his answers remain the same from the day one that he took this job. He's here to get better every day, improve talent around him, get smarter, get better, um, work hard. I mean, the we, not me. It's about taking responsibility. Uh, so I'm excited. I don't think getting to the playoffs, facing you know the NFC champs of last year, all these internal mind games, I don't think any of that is breaking the fortress of the brain of McVay. Yeah, and just watching these pressures from McVay, he just seems so focused and ready for this. You know, he knows how to handle that extra the day that they're going to lose because the game is on Saturday. And I, you know, I saw some of those same questions too. He grew up, yes, a half hour away from the Georgia Dome. He went to a lot of Falcons games growing up. His father was GM at WSB TV in Atlanta, and they did watch it from the luxury suit. But you know, he remained a 49ers fan because of his grandfather. We have talked about some of the history there, but you know, he's not letting any of this stuff face him at all being the youngest coach going into the playoffs ever he's just focused and ready for this game and you know just like you mentioned we're getting all these comparisons to last year and our team last year and when we faced the Atlanta Falcons last time and you know I'm I'm kind of 
it's hard to to throw those stats out there. It's fun to talk about them a bit, but at the same time, this is just a different team, and it's it's not really fair to make those assessments. One thing I want to point out is Sean McVay coming up uh, in football. One of his biggest mentors when he got to the NFL was Mr. John Gruden, who's been in talks of taking over the Oakland job. Uh, I think your shout out earlier to Eric Gomez was it? Uh, it said mentioned that his family was huge Oakland fans. I actually. Wanted to throw this out there to you, Bear, because um, John Gruden, obviously, we know Sean McVay looks up to him so much. But on top of that, Gruden's kind of hinted at the fact that he's a big Greg Olson fan, our current quarterback coach, and may try to scoop him up and take him away from this team. Do you see any threat at all from from Gruden and that dynamic? Oh, Gruden, how dare you come back in the NFL now and try (laughs) to take one of our coaches? Uh, It sounds like this is all, you know, done except for a signature on the contract listening to kind of espn reports they're saying that you know they wouldn't have moved away from jack del rio unless this was you know um you know in the bag it sounds like they're also offering him ownership rights Mm -hmm. and uh you know an offer he can't refuse so i can't wait to see it it's going to be exciting to have him back in coaching thankfully they're not in our division and we may try to see him in a super bowl one day but I'm excited if, if he comes back in as long as he doesn't try to steal anybody from the team. you got to look at some point we might start having people peel off from our coaching roster. If we, I mean, you always see the good teams that come up. People get plucked for head coaching jobs. Right. There's always, I mean, I think there's going to be about eight or nine jobs available this offseason. Hopefully we can keep um, everyone that's around. I haven't heard too many names being thrown out yet, but obviously we'll see a lot of those guys getting mentioned in the near future uh, for head coaching jobs. So I'm not sure if I'm too concerned about it this year. Talk to me next year as we have our back-to-back playoff runs. Hopefully, depending on how deep we go into the playoffs this year, you never know who's going to get excited and start making phone calls. I would love to see someone stick in with McVay. It's a young young team, young coaching group. You got something really exciting. You kind of miss that, and that's one thing that you kind of like about college or the old college outlook of it was you're going to stay a couple years you want to build something you want to be together you see a lot of college coaches staying around forever in the same program um i'd love to see that here in the rams but that's not something that we can control and unfortunately you kind of want to see people move up and get their opportunity and it's their life passion to be a head football coach in the nfl so i'll never get upset if anyone does leave us but we got to focus on this year as mcveigh would say let's focus on what matters right, right. now all coaches are in the house everyone's behind the rams We've got the Atlanta Falcons coming in. It's going to be a good one. James, we got you on a couple more times, uh, you know, leading up. You'll be on uh, during the offseason. We'll talk playoff talk with you. I'd ask you for a prediction, but I feel like I'm going to have you on before the end of the week. If not, I'll phone you in for a prediction. Anything else you got on deck you want to talk about today? We've been off for a couple days. Uh, no, I just, you know, I guess the last thing I'll, I'll end this with, and I'll probably repeat this on Rams podcast that we're going to record after, but I wanted to point out the top LA Rams grades from Pro Football Focus. Mike Cahill uh, released the grades of 2017. I just want to do a quick run through of, of who's leading here and see if there's anybody Love you're it. shocked about. But of course, the big boy AD, pay the man, hashtag pay the man, is number one uh, with a 98.4 grade from Pro Football Focus. And then the MVP of the year, the NFL MVP, Mr. Todd Gurley, 92. Followed up, we got some defensive guys, LaMarcus Joyner, John Johnson, the third, which has been one of my favorites, and I know one of your favorites too this year, watching him uh, progress into the NFL. 
NRC, 85.2, following them up, Roger Saffold, Brockers, Andrew Whitworth, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup. So we got a lot of guys with some pretty high grades up here and uh, pretty nothing surprising about the order. I think I, I would have uh, agreed with it. I agree with you, Pro Football Focus. You should hire me, but um, it's, it's more exciting than anything to, to see a lot of these names on the list. Definitely, and as you look at the list, the one thing that's kind of frustrating is um, you know, right off the bat, Aaron Donald, Pro Bowler, Todd Gurley, Pro Bowler, and then that's it. You know, mm, we had our three point. special teams guys that were Pro Bowlers. Um, some would say LaMarcus Joyner might have been a snub. You know, he was a little banged up at portions of the year. He never had, um, you know, he's not that big name overall in the NFL, but everyone out here in Rams Nation knows what he can do. He lays the hammer out there. He's a ball hawker. He does everything well. He can play at cornerback. Um, another reason why... You know, he's fit in so well to this Wade Phillips system is just he can play every position. Uh, and then Saffold, you know, he just had such a great year. And as we've watched him over the past couple of years and just seeing what we thought he could be and then having Andrew Whitworth right next to him and obviously Soli in the middle, mm-hmm. he's really been able to develop and do his own thing. Um, and it's been really fun to watch him. He rocked in at a grade of 84.4. He really was hoping he was going to get the Pro Bowl nod. Didn't go that way, but I think you know if he can continue this, I think next year obviously he'll put him in, himself in a position to get that opportunity again. But um, love seeing these names on the list. Obviously, um, you know Andrew Whitworth was there, brand new to the team. Robert Woods there, brand new to the team. Um, NRC, brand new to the team. Uh, John Johnson, rookie, brand new to the team. So mm-hmm. great to see all these new faces coming in and being an impact right away. And I'd love to ask Jeff Fisher what he knows about those five guys I just said because he wasn't on the team last year that he tried to take credit for. So <laughs> a lot of things have changed since Jeff Fisher was here. I don't know where the heck that man was trying to come off saying that he, you know, he owes some success to him. But that's a whole other episode, my friend. Well, quickly, do you think he's gonna he's in any of the conversations for a lot of these head coaching jobs that are popping up? Or not? sadly, sadly, I think he's gonna be. I think yeah. uh, the NFL is an old boy society. And they've got a lot of old owners that, you know, like going fishing and like smoking cigars and talking the good old days. Learning and, some old 90s oh. offense. Yeah, exactly. And, and he's got that defensive mindset that, you know, he was able to bring to a certain team, you know, with, with bringing in his staff. And um, there's going to be some idiot that pays him a bunch of money. Uh, I mentioned this on one of the old podcasts I've got. Yeah, my brother uh, out in um, Chicago who listens to the podcast. What's up, Drew? Big shout what out up, to Drew. Sam. Um, but yeah, he's sitting here going, you know, the Bears have done some really dumb things. They just gave an extension to their GM, who's done absolutely nothing but just butcher their roster over the past few years and have terrible draft picks. So he's telling me he doesn't. He would not be surprised if they brought him in. Hey, 7-9 and and better than what they're doing now, right? 7-9 is uh... it's, it's just, <laughs> oh, it hurts, man. It hurts to see an organization of that stature go away. And I think that's why yeah. when we talk about the Raiders and, and potentially moving on with a great hire is exciting. And even though you hate them, you kind of want to see them up there because you want to knock them off. You know, you don't want the New England Patriots to have four wins because you want to knock them off. You know, you want to have the good teams be good. Um, it is exciting to see some of these young teams like the Rams and the Jacksonville Jaguars come out and make playoff appearances for the first time in a long time. So mm-hmm. that's why football is fun, man. One year it's this, the next year it's that. Uh, the coaching carousel is no joke. So uh, to be continued there. But I know one thing. We have got the man that we were going to keep for as long as possible. I can't wait till we give him the contract extension for 15 years. 
whatever odd million, I would sign off on that. I'm excited. <laughs> We've got playoff football. I'm going to say it again, people. We have got playoff football. We're really doing it here. We're really doing it. <laughs> um, James, thanks so much for joining me. Guys, thanks for being patient with me. I've been fighting this cold forever, but I could not hold it out any longer. I uh, sucked it up, cracked a beer, and said, Kroger, we're doing this today. We're throwing down some Rams information. Guys, I'll be back tomorrow with Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons. So if you guys have any questions for this upcoming Falcons matchup, feel free to hit me up. I'll send something up on Twitter asking uh, if you guys have any questions for Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons. He will be joining me tomorrow, and we'll be talking about this amazing matchup we have coming this Saturday at the Coliseum. But you know the deal, Rams Nation. Until next time. Peace. Hey, Locked On listeners. You already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.